This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Hope it's a payday for you. It's the 18th, so maybe you buy weekly wage earners and you weekly guys uh, and gals have uh, got some extra cash in your pocket this weekend. Just in time for Christmas. It's seven days. Seven days from now, we will not have a Christmas Day Barnyard. We will, however, have uh, Monday and Wednesday, and on those top 10 lists, we'll do Christmas songs and Christmas movies. How about that? We might even hold hands and uh, sing Christmas carols as we uh, you know, make sure that uh, we're on the nice list. I know many of you have no prayer of being on the nice list. I, I get it. I understand it. And it's okay. There'll be some people in your life that will give you gifts anyway. But Santa Claus won't be coming to your house. Looking forward to Christmas. I always do. Everybody's usually in a good mood for Christmas, but uh, let us not forget there are many people, this is a very difficult time of year. I have not done an episode of I Am Steve R in a while. I plan to do one this weekend. It's been a busy couple of weeks for me, so I apologize for not doing that. Many people have asked. I go to book signings and somebody says, hey, when is it coming? I say, hey, next day or two, and then I have another book signing or a press conference or something that kind of gets in the way, and I've had to do some Christmas shopping myself, and so uh, so I will have an episode of I Am Steve R here in uh, the days to come. It is a busy day on the show. We're going to recap, uh, our, our talk about our new assignee, Jay Hampton from uh, Amory High School. Some people are wondering, okay, where does this guy come from? I'll tell you what I've learned. And also we'll preview the, uh, the weekend in the SEC. It's the last weekend of the SEC regular season. And so we'll talk about that, kind of a limited schedule, but a schedule nonetheless. And, and let's be honest, most of us never thought we'd get here. Most of us. I would say there were some of us who were a little bit stubborn early on and said, you know what, we're going to play college football. And that's what I said all along. And I don't say that to beat my own chest, but with all the money that's out there, it's, uh, you know, it would be financial ruin for college football to have not been played. And that said, there are still many businesses in your favorite college towns that are really struggling. I was on a, uh, a show, the Save Jackson show with Clay Edwards, uh, last night, that was supposed to be about a 30 to 40 minute hit. Ended up going about 90 minutes. Ran my phone down. It's a good time. Clay's a good guy. Former music promoter there in the uh, capital city of Jackson. Clay and his lovely wife, Crystal, friends of mine. Kind of remotely, you know, kind of social media friends. But uh, nevertheless, I, one of the things that I spoke about is, uh, and it's just kind of impacted me personally because I've got some good friends that have really struggled financially through all of this, and they go out and get the payment protection plan, all that sort of stuff, and it still hadn't been enough. And so I share with you here in these final days before Christmas, I don't care who you root for, I don't care who you like, I don't even care if you like me, but if you like your favorite businesses in your favorite college town, whether that be Starkville, Oxford, Hattiesburg, Tuscaloosa, whatever, those people are struggling. Many of you are struggling. But if you're one of those folks that's thinking, you know what, I may not have been able to go to a lot of games at Mississippi State this year, but I know that I will next year, or I know that I have a college student in my family that could use a night out. Let me encourage you. Do some online shopping with our Starkville vendors or buy some gift cards that uh, you can use at a later date. Some of you, I know that uh, you spend a lot of time up here, so you've got some favorite restaurants. And... Um, you know, I encourage you uh, to help support them. Because here's the deal, man. Uh, 50% capacity just doesn't work in the restaurant business. 
25% capacity just surely doesn't. And they can't live off to-go orders alone. It's one of the things I could spend a lot of time talking about. It's you know, a lot of these places that uh, you know the dining room is not open and uh, the quality of service has gone down. I can assure you that our independent businesses here in Starkville are doing their very best. Their absolute very best. Many of them on a shoestring budget and a skeleton crew, they're doing their very best to provide good quality service. And many of them have been here for us throughout the years. We almost take it for granted. You know, we come to Starkville and we go buy things at our favorite vendors and then we go have lunch at our favorite restaurants that are uniquely Starkville. Well, if you want those businesses to be here when life returns to a normal, um, you know, pace of life, I'm going to encourage you, reach out, spend a little cash. And I know, listen, a lot of you are, are, are cash strapped this time of year. I understand. But if you're not, if you can, please, please, please support our Starkville vendors. One of our best vendors up here is Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. And I'll tell you, we, uh, you know, when things got a little tight with them, you know, we had considered kind of taking a hiatus. And I told them, I was like, no, let's not, let's not, not do that. We'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. Because I felt like their message needed to be heard. Bulldog Burger Company, a great restaurant, part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle for many, many years. You can order online or you can purchase a gift card at eatwithus.com. But if you're in town, if you're coming for the ball game this weekend, go by the Bulldog Burger Company right there on University Drive. And if you can't make it to town, go to the one in Tupelo there on Gloucester Street. You'll be glad you did. Have the spring rolls. Have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Have a great experience. And you know what? Mom, Dad, if you're thinking, you know what? I don't know if I want to eat a hamburger, but the kids always do. I mean, kids kids and french fries and pizza are kind of like a, uh, you know, an unholy trinity of sorts. Bring the kids, let them have those incredibly generous portions at Bulldog Burger Company. And have the salad. Have the BLT. There's so many great options to choose from there. You don't have to take my word for it. You can see it for yourself. Go by, check them out. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Stark will go to meet. M-E-A-T. So since we were together, Mississippi State has added a 2021 college football signee in the name of Jay Hampton from Amory High School. Jay Hampton is the guy that came to Mississippi State's camp last year and uh, ran a sub-4440. Now, all of that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee at the, at the, uh, at the, the rest stop there. But, uh, you know, spoke to Chris Rainey, former Bulldog running back Chris Rainey, who coaches there at Amy High School. He says Hampton's speed is legit. 6'2", 175-pound, long, rangy guy that specialized as a wide receiver. Going to play corner for Mississippi State. Played some this year, and he is a developmental guy. But if you're going to pick a developmental guy, get one closer to home that's 6'2", 175, and runs legit 4'4", I have spoken with multiple people that have seen him play in person or have coached against him, and everybody says he just simply has a different gear. He is always, almost without exception, the best football player on the field. Had over 1,000 yards receiving this year and 11 touchdowns. Last year, just under 1,000 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. It's a guy that understands how to take ownership of the football. Now, Darcel McBath, your cornerbacks coach, reached out to Jay Hampton Wednesday evening. And we had some things not go our way. You know, MJ Daniels was a guy that was uh, expected to, to, to cut his college teeth at corner at Mississippi State. Justin Wiley was a guy that State recruited until the very end. Once those guys signed, you know, we had to get to work. And rather than waiting things out with Jay Hampton, rather than saying, hey, let's just kind of take our time here and see what happens in January, we decided to go ahead and make a move. Listen, we've got to probably add four defensive backs in this class. You know, there was a time that we had, you know, three corners and uh, three safeties committed. There was a time we were loaded up in the secondary. We signed one defensive back on Wednesday. That's Holmes County Central Safety Corey Ellington. We dropped Brendan Tolls from Lafayette County. I thought it was a mistake then. I still think it's a mistake. He signed on with Southern Miss. We had Cortez Eatman committed, and then Cortez Eatman, I think, has been to four junior colleges in two years. He's not a part of your class. you got to go out and get a junior college guy somewhere to play corner. And then, of course, you lose MJ Daniels to Ole Miss. And so those are three guys you look at and say, okay, well, if we had had them, if things had worked out what we had originally planned, we'd be in good shape at corner. Well, right now, the only corner that you have now is Jay Hampton. 
you probably got to go out and get another high school guy, and you got to get a junior college guy or two. Maybe you work the transfer portal. But what's left in this class is going to largely be defensive ends and defensive backs. I think this offensive class that we've signed on paper is arguably one of the best offensive classes we've ever signed. Very productive players. There's not a lot of developmental guys at the skill positions on offense. Now, everybody has some level of development they have to go through. But you've got Daniel Greek, who has had a good high school career. You've got Sawyer Robertson, the highest-rated quarterback to ever sign with Mississippi State in the modern era. And some people would say, well, Steve, I don't understand why we didn't do this. I don't understand why we didn't do this. Well, here's the deal. Daniel Greek is very capable. Daniel Greek is very talented. And there were some of our fans that said, oh, we should drop them in favor of an in-state quarterback. Well, here's the thing that I understand. You know, Ty Keyes is a guy that's not a very big guy. I love his game. I think that he will do a great job at Tulane. I don't know that he was a great fit for this offense. Had Joe Moorhead continued to be our head coach, I, I suspect Ty Keyes would have been your quarterback, him or Luke Oppmeyer. I think we would have taken one of the in-state quarterbacks. I also have been told for much of the process that Luke Altmaier really wanted to be the guy in his class. Not that he's afraid of competition, but he wanted a reasonable expectation at some point to be able to start and be the guy. I just don't get the feeling he wanted to be part of a two-quarterback class. And so if you're going to sign a two-quarterback class, you're not going to get two blue-chip quarterbacks. I mean, unless you're Alabama or LSU or somebody. If you're Mississippi State, we have not established enough of a passing pedigree under Mike Leach yet where we're going to be able to go command two four-star quarterbacks. And when you look at our needs at the position, you know, with Jalen Maiden transferring out, going to San Diego State, Garrett Schrader transfers out, uh, you know, you don't have a lot left. K.J. Costello is going to try his hand with pro football. And so, you know, four, three of the four quarterbacks you started fall camp with are gone. So you had to go get two quarterbacks. And then there's the talk about Jack Abraham, former Southern Miss starter, walking on at Mississippi State. And here's the thing that I don't think a lot of people have fully appreciated. Will Rogers, while he has played this year, this year doesn't count towards his eligibility. So you will, for all intents and purposes, have three freshman quarterbacks on the roster next year. Does that mean it's Sawyer Redshirts? Probably so. But I think more, more to the point of that he's not going to be here until June. He's going to play high school baseball. I understand that his team has a legitimate chance of winning a state championship this year in the state of Texas. So he's going to play high school baseball, and then he'll enroll in June. And I just don't think, you know, with, with Will Rogers basically having, uh, you know, three semesters of college experience under its belt in the season, that you're going to have a guy show up fresh from high school baseball and win the job. I know some other people are forecasting that. I don't expect that to happen. Daniel Greek will be here in January. You begin to look at the running back position. I think Simeon Price is a great fit for what we want to do offensively. Great fit. I don't know that Amari and Howard was. I know there's a lot of Starkville people that listen to the show. Uh, I'm an Amari, Amari and Howard fan, but I don't think that he is a guy. I don't know that he is dynamic enough as a receiver out of the backfield to really find the level of success in this offense. I think the right thing was to do to have a peaceful part into the ways and try to help him find a place to land. I like him. I liked him more in the Joe Moorhead scheme. I think he'd be a great fit for the Dan Mullen offense, not maybe so much for the air raid. And again, that's not an evaluation of his talent level. It's just I don't know that he has the skill set to do the things that are expected of the Bulldog running backs going forward. This wide receiver class is tremendous, even though we did lose Malik Neighbors to LSU, which absolutely stinks because I really like Malik Neighbors. I thought he was our best outside receiver in a class. I'm a big Jacoby Moore fan, though. I think he is probably an unheralded player that Mississippi State has signed. I think that he will have a big career here at Mississippi State. Teddy Knox is a guy that never wavered at his recruitment. Eager to get him on campus as well. You know, he's one of those guys, too, that will be a spring graduate and enroll in, in summer school. But I do expect him to play some next year. Uh, Rara Thomas, Rodarius Thomas out of Eufaula, Alabama. Or Eufaula, excuse me. Eufaula, Alabama. Former South Carolina commitment. There was some question, you know, his signing wasn't released for a long time. But his signing was official a long time before it was released. There was something going on where he and his friends were all going to release from the same time or whatever. And eventually just went ahead and got it done. But, uh, yeah, you bring those guys in, and then you put Antonio, add Antonio Harmon late, you know, this wide receiving class looks outstanding. 
you know, if Jim Moorhead had still been the coach, and I want to spend a whole lot of time talking about this, chances are your wide receiver class would have been Jacoby Moore, Antonio Harmon, Teddy Knox, and somebody else, maybe Canarius Johnson, because of the talent that was available, because of the relationships you had. And so I, I, I don't know that we have really expanded the footprint when it comes to wide receivers just yet. I think we need to kind of continue to show some better production before we do. But then when you look at these offensive line that we've signed, I mean, I think they're all developmental, but we go out and get five guys, and I really love the high school guys. The JUCO guys will have to come in and kind of compete, and I think both those guys will be two deepers next year, speaking of Carson Williams and Nick Jones. But I think long-term, when you look at Cannon Boone, he's a guy that, that uh, Mason Miller has talked about playing some at center. You like Gabe Cavazos. I think he is a future left tackle. I think he'll probably redshirt, get bigger, faster, stronger, and then eventually be a two deeper behind Charles Cross until Cross leaves, and you kind of you know, get your guy together. You get your guy together. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking and that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy, E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. With him. And then you think of Albert Reese. I mean, goodness, what a mammoth of a human being there. But I think, by and large, you're now done on offense. 
defensive end wise, you know, you got two guys in with Trevon Marshall and of course Randy Charlton. I feel really, 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 really positive about Mississippi State's prospects of signing Deontay Anderson. He will play in the All-American Bowl on NBC January 2nd. And just so you guys know, we've never had one of those guys pick our hat on those games. We always wondered and dreamed about what that would be like. There's a good chance that happens for Mississippi State on January 2nd. So that leaves you one defensive end spot. A lot of people have asked me what's going to happen with Ty Cooper. You know, I think it's his spot to turn down. I don't know how long he has to turn that spot down, though. And some people begin to say, you know what, maybe he don't want to come to Mississippi State. Maybe he doesn't. You know, at the end of the day, maybe he's waiting this thing out. You know, maybe he's saying, you know what, maybe Ole Miss will have room for me late. I don't know. You know, maybe Ole Miss didn't want to sign him in December. I, I, I don't know all the details behind that. I do know that there are members of his family that want him to be at Mississippi State badly. Heading into signing day, State had a really big lead. There was some talk that he might go ahead and sign just to end the process because his mom wants to go ahead and get the thing over. Well, he didn't. He didn't. So either you take Ty Cooper or one more. I fully expect Deontay Anderson to be in the class, so that leaves you with one more defensive end spot. And then you look at this DB thing. You know, Jadarius Perkins is a guy that was a longtime commitment to Oregon. State is in the mix there, but it's a bit of a fight. Florida State, Oklahoma, others kind of kicking the tires a bit. He released the top seven. State was in the top seven. I expect a lot of ebb and flow with his recruitment before it's over, but he does plan to sign a week from today on Christmas Day. So it may be a hard candy Christmas for somebody, but, uh, you know, we would love to be able to get him. We have some real opportunities for him. Then, of course, there's Calvin Johnson, the second, longtime Mississippi State fan. Mom works on campus. It's a kid that grew up coming to games at Mississippi State since he was seven years of age. It's always been his dream to be a Bulldog. He also is an incredible academic performer. I believe he has a 35 on the ACT. So as a result, you know, he's going to have a lot of schools that specialize in academia that are on him, including Northwestern and others. So he has a difficult decision to make. You know, you may recall that uh, he had committed to the Naval Academy back in June and that his recruitment has blown up after his senior season. At this point, I do expect him to be a Bulldog, but I also admit to you, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in that. I think because of the fact that there are some other factors in his recruitment on the academic side, I, I could see him picking a Northwestern or something like that. I had somebody tell me last night not to discount Fitz and the guys at Northwestern. But my hope is that he'll be a Bulldog. And then you got to get figured out from there. You may go get a best available, uh, but uh, we've got some time to figure it out. Of course, State's offered some guys uh, here in the last couple of days, and so we'll see how things progress. But uh, by and large, you should expect – the bulk of the remaining spots to be allocated for defensive players up front and then the defensive backfield. So that's kind of where things stand today. I, I really like what we've done so far, but we have to finish. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, it's a great class. It's not a great class. It has the potential to be a really good class, though. It has the potential to be a really good class because here's the thing, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you recruiting rankings don't matter because they do. And Mississippi State needs to be, you know, three top 25 classes out of every four years, in my opinion, in order for us to consistently win in this league. You've got to be able to go out there and get comparable talent. It wasn't a great year in State. There is still an outside chance to sneak into the top 25, but I think certainly State will be in the top 30. Joe, uh, Joe Moorhead kind of bounced around up there a little bit. Dan was only in the top 25 twice, and one of those years was the year that he was kind of gifted a class from Sylvester Croom. And so a lot of people look at this, and they get in their feelings, and they say, oh, we can't recruit, we can't do that. I mean, you know, historically, we have not been a top 25 recruiter. And that's kind of been our goal. Our goal is to always be, hey, if we can be in a top 25, we feel good. Because of our ability to develop players, we feel good about where we stand. But, you know, the bigger issue here is have you addressed your needs? Have you gone out and signed competitive players that can develop into players that will give you an opportunity to win football games and advance in the Southeastern Conference? If you have, it doesn't matter what the recruiting rankings say. You get a guy like Jay Hampton, a guy that uh, you know picked up an early offer from Indiana and got a handful of G5s. And uh, I understand since Mississippi State offered on Wednesday night, he actually picked up a few other offers yesterday before he committed and signed with Mississippi State. And so that's one, too. I, I admire the urgency on behalf of the Mississippi State staff. Let's go ahead and get this thing done. Rather than gamble, because there were some times that Jim Moorhead did that, we got burned. You know, we didn't take a kid that wanted to sign with us in December thinking, okay, we'll wait till February, we'll go fish, and then come February, we're in a battle and we don't get the kids. That happened a lot on the offensive line. Regardless of all that, 
this is a good class with the potential to be a really good class. And again, I don't think it's a great class because there was some. It's a really thin talent pool in state this year, and I understand the uh, the, the bitter taste in the bulldog mouth when we lose three commitments in the final 36 hours to SEC West opponents. I get it. And the one with Ole Miss stings a little bit more because of the fact you got to put up with them talking. But as I said on Wednesday's show, I think the losses to the LSU are more emergent. I think it, you know losing uh, Devonta Q. Strong, a guy that uh, grew up cheering for State that could step in and been a Mike linebacker for us, I think that, that probably hurts us more in 2021 than losing neighbors or Daniels. And then Malik Neighbors, I think, was a very explosive player. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that MJ Daniels isn't a great player. He is. But I think it's a lot easier to find a safety than it is to find a plug-and-play linebacker and a dynamic guy as an outside receiver. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, let's talk top ten list. I'm excited about today's top ten list. Really, really, really excited. Top ten list brought to you by the folks at my bookie. You guys are familiar with them. They've been around a long time. They've been with me a long time. And, uh, you know, listen, we've all written those Christmas wish letters, and that's the good thing about next Friday is that we're going to have a chance to watch NBA and NFL on Christmas Day. How cool is that? In addition to all the stuff will happen in the weekend. And the best bet for you to bet on both of those games is with my bookie. They're the only sports book that doesn't care if you've been naughty or nice this year. They got gifts for everybody, whether you deserve them or not. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuffer up to $1,000 in bonus cash absolutely free. That's right. It's a great place to start, but we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree, what's unwrapped. And this year, my bookie's given you not one, not two, but six days of giveaways. That's right. From December 22nd to 26th, they're hooking our players up with deals and promotions so exciting we can't even talk about them on the air. No details available. Only players can find out. We're all sworn to secrecy. It's simple. Sign up and enter promo code Boneyard at my bookie and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. You heard that right? If you start playing with four hundred bucks, they're going to give you two hundred bucks of house money. So right out of the gate, you're gambling with six hundred. Head over to my bookie today to make the most of the holidays this year with six days of giveaways. This winter, bet with the best. Bet with my bookie again. That's promo code Boneyard at my bookie. All right. Today we're going to have top ten list. Based on the body of work of one of the most iconic guitarists of all time. I've teased it all week because I've been so excited about it. We did Traveling Wilburys on Wednesday. I know some of you dug that. Everybody should dig this. There are a few guitar players out there that are known by just one name. I can think of a couple. But everybody knows Slash. Everybody. So today... We're going to do a top 10 slash tunes. Some of it's going to be GNR stuff. Some of it's going to be some other work that he did. Some of the times he sat in with other people. So let me give you a little criteria here on slash. I didn't pick the best songs from those bands. I picked the ones that I thought slash had the coolest guitar riffs or a great solo songs that make me want to turn the radio up. Now, some of these songs are going to surprise you. You're going to say, well, hey, he didn't include this one. Or why is that one on the list? I'm not familiar with that one. It's on there because I think the guitar work is so cool. Uh, I have actually spoken to Slash on the telephone before. When Slash and Miles Kennedy uh, first put a band together, they were on with uh, Sirius XM's Octane. Grant Random had a show. I called in. I was lucky enough to get on the phone and got a chance to talk with Slash and Miles. And really, I didn't really have any questions for them. I just told them how much their music meant to me. And uh, Slash has been uh, part of the soundtrack of my life, man, I guess, since I was about 15 years old, maybe 16. But either way, uh, Slash has been with us a long time. Uh, Slash has the hat. I have a hat, kind of in uh, tribute to him. But also, too, I think it makes my hair look better. But uh, I don't have to get up and mess with it as much. I can just throw a hat on and be done with it. I can't wear Atlanta Braves baseball caps like many of you. And bucket hats don't always work in certain circumstances. But uh, Slash is the guy. So here are the honorable mentions that didn't make my top ten list. Honorable mention is Promise off the Slash solo album with Chris Cornell. That's an underappreciated Cornell song, too. Promise. It's a great tune. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, From the Slash and Miles experience, that's Slash, Miles Kennedy, and the New Conspirators. Here are three tracks that didn't make the list. You're a Lie, I mean, an incredible hard-charging song. World on Fire and Driving Rain. And from Use Your Illusion 2, 
Let's go Locomotive. I love the guitar on that. That one nearly made the top 10 list. And it, Listen, there are going to be some classic songs on here you know. There are going to be some other songs you're not quite as familiar with. You're going to say, well, Steve, I never knew, slash played on that. Well, here we go. Number 10, one of those, and perhaps a song that, that uh, you're going to listen to and you're going to think, how in the world did I miss this? But it's What I Want by Daughtry. That's Chris Daughtry's band. That's from his debut album. And Slash contributed the guitar on the song What I Want. And as soon as it comes on, you know exactly who you're listening to. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? This is Chris Daughtry, which I like Chris Daughtry. I don't really care. You can hate all you want. But that What I Want song is an absolutely hard, charging, driving tune off that first album. Number nine, another guest spot for Slash. He sat in with Lenny Kravitz. And uh, Mama said, my mama said, but I'm always on the run. And uh, that video is really cool. Slash and uh, Lenny Kravitz, great friends. That was a, a song that came out years and years ago, and uh, it still holds up today. Number nine, also from the Use Your Illusion collection, it's Double Talk and Jive. Now, when um, there was a time that Jeff Beck was going to sit in with Guns N' Roses, you guys know the legendary you know, rock blues guitarist Jeff Beck, and they let Jeff Beck pick whatever, whatever GNR song that he wanted to play. And he, he selected Double Talk and Jive. And then they went through rehearsals and uh, due to uh, Jeff's hearing issues and the pain that's come along from uh, all the years of rocking, they couldn't do it live. But uh, that's a song that he picked. I, I love that track. It was not a, uh, a single. It was a B-side during the GNR, uh, you know, <laughs> empire. But uh, Double Talk and Jive, great tune, doesn't get enough credit. Number seven, Off Appetite for Destruction. No, it's not one of the classic tracks, even though it's been covered by a few people. But the guitar on this is so rude and aggressive and obnoxious, I had to include it. But it's Out to Get Me off Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Number six, and you all know that opening riff. And some people are going to say, Steve, I can't believe this is number one. That's okay. You can put your own list together. Number six for me is Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, I, I love the guitar solo on this, and I love that opening riff. It's like when you, as soon as you hear it, you know you're about to get on a roller coaster. It's great. Uh, number five, we'll go with another one, and many of you would probably have this number one. I don't, and it's my list, but it's Sweet Child of Mine. I uh, love the opening to it. You know, it's, That was a fingering exercise that, that uh, ultimately became a song, and the story behind Sweet Child of Mine, that's when uh, Axel was dating one of the Everly Brothers' daughters. I can't remember which one. But uh, they were just kind of jamming, and Slash was using that the opening riff of Sweet Child of Mine as a fingering exercise. And uh, all of a sudden, Axel comes down from up above, and he goes, hey, let's go back to what you were playing before. And he had written Sweet Child of Mine, basically just in a few minutes. Really cool track. One of the, uh, one of the most important tracks, I think, of Guns N' Roses' career. Number four. From the original Slash's Snake Pit, and if you have a longtime Boneyard listener, you remember this song used to be the intro to the Boneyard back when we would be Sporto, when Hey Dad and I were together. Uh, this is uh, the song. You know, I bounced around some. I used a couple different tracks, and this one kind of stuck with me. But it's Beggars and Hangers On by Slash and Miles. Now, I'm a firm believer that there are a lot of people that kind of hide up their inability to, uh, you know, to properly play according, and that's me. I, I, you know, I've got to have a lot of distortion to cover. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply all my mistakes when I play guitar and I play it so badly. Um, it's just for fun for me. 
But if you if you can go on YouTube and you can listen to go find the Beggars and Hangers On acoustic version, the Guitar Center sessions, it's incredible. And I've shared that on my Facebook many times. I love the song. I love the message behind it. I love the acoustic version of it probably more than the electric version. So the the one on Slash's Snake Pit is great, but the one he does with Miles Kennedy on the Guitar Center uh, acoustic sessions is absolutely incredible. Number three, another Slash and Miles track, and I think the opening to this is so incredible, and uh, it's Anastasia. Might be my favorite Slash and Miles Kennedy song, or them, the two of them together. And listen, you know, when Slash had the solo album early on, a couple years ago, you know, we had some guest singers come in, and um, Miles sang on Back to Cali and then Starlight. And that's really what was the genesis of the Slash and Miles Kennedy collaborations. And now they have a band. Uh, it's a side project from Alter Bridge and a side project from GNR. But I'm so glad these guys are, are such workaholics and enjoy creating art for us. But Anastasia is kind of the, uh, the byproduct of, of those two great guitar players uh, working together. All right, so here we go. The final two. And those of you that really dig rock and roll will, will understand why number two is number two. Number two is one of those songs that uh, I will one day probably blow my speakers to because I just simply cannot hear this at a high enough volume. But it's Slither from Velvet Revolver. I, I almost got, this is my personalized license plate. That's how much I dig that song. Slither. It's so, it's an incredible song. Uh, I love the opening. I love the bass line. I think Duff does such a great job with it. But the guitar on this, to me, is just next level. And so I think it is quintessential Slash. When you put that song on, you know exactly who you... When that Les Paul cranks up, you say, this is Slash. This isn't anybody else. There's no mistaking that that guitar tone and the way that he handles that guitar is incredible. But number one for me, and I know this may be controversial for some of you, and no, it's not anything from GNR Lies or even a spaghetti incident. I didn't include any covers. But it's Night Train. Off Appetite for Destruction. I think that is an underappreciated classic. It's a song that they play live, even though they never officially released it as a single. The fans just kind of adopted that song. And uh, listen, it's a song about reckless living, and there's no doubt about that. But the guitar on that is just screaming. So that's the top 10 list. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to do some things like this from time to time. And listen, I get so many suggestions. There's so many people that reach out and say, Steve, what about this? What about that? And uh, keep them coming because I'll get to them. And uh, again, next week, we're doing Christmas stuff. We'll do Christmas movies one day, Christmas songs the next. And uh, the Christmas songs thing, we're gonna, it's going to be my version of Christmas songs, okay? It's not going to be a lot of Burl Ives and Bing Crosby, if you know what I'm saying. So we'll get to that next week, and then we'll get back to our regular stuff the week after that. All right, speaking of regular stuff, listen, manscaping needs to be a part of your regular routine. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm being your friend here. Listen, it's, it's a new day. It's a new generation. And it's important that uh, we take care of grooming ourselves, even in our most intimate areas. Manscaped is here to help you with every bit of that. And listen, here's the deal, too. Many of you are thinking, some of the ladies are listening to this and saying, you know what, I'm going to get that for Christmas. Well, you can. Go to manscaped.com and you can order that, make that this year's stocking stuffer, um, you know, for your significant other. It's the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and uh, hygiene products. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers this season are the Crop Preserver deodorant. The name really speaks for itself. Crop Reviver Toner, a spray-on toner that will give your intimate areas a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser is a body wash, a full body wash that you can even use on your hair. Crop Mop Wipes, you'll never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, you know, I'm going to be frank with you here. Some of you guys have the stank foot and your friends are afraid to tell you. Well, I'm not scared to tell you. Go ahead and take care of that yourself by getting the foot duster foot deodorant. Uh, and the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. Many people just bite their nails. But listen, let's not be, you know, crow magnets here. Take some pride in your appearance. The Weed Whacker Nose, Ear, and Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. And who knew that we would grow into that problem? Let's not forget about the best trimmer for all your intimate areas. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology to help reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan free, cruelty free, dye free, sulfate free, 
paraben-free, gluten-free, rebel-free, everything else you need. These products are legit. Go to manscaped.com and to get 20% off and free shipping, use promo code BONEYARD. That's a, that's a great deal right there. 20% off and free shipping. A lot of people give you free shipping. Some people give you a discount. They're giving you both. Again, that's manscaped.com. Promo code BONEYARD. All right, go check it out today. All right, let's talk some uh, some college football. We've got um, the final week of the SEC football season's here. We're going to open up today with 3-6 and six Tennessee hosting 7-1 and one Texas A&M. Now, A&M will be short a game in the schedule because the Ole Miss A&M game has been canceled. There have only been two games, if my memory serves me correct, that have been canceled this year. That's A&M and Ole Miss and Vanderbilt and Georgia. So you're going to have, you know, Four teams are just going to play nine games. And considering the hurdles that we were facing, Greg Sankey and his group did it right. They absolutely did. They're going to get more football played than just about anybody. They hadn't had all these embarrassing situations where ACC teams have to cancel the day of the game after everybody's already made the trip and gotten the hotel rooms and gotten all excited. You know, when the SEC teams get into Friday, they know, they know they're playing. They get on an airplane. They say, you know what, we're going to play a ball game and then we're going to come home and we'll test again. So I think the SEC deserves a lot of praise for getting it right, to put their scheduling model up against anybody else in the country. And again, I guess it goes to show you what great leadership we have in the Southeastern Conference. But A&M's going to beat Tennessee. A&M's got a lot to play for. They're still fifth in the playoff. I don't know. You know they're probably going to need an upset of some sort. But you know it'll be interesting to see. If they can go out and put up some big points this weekend in Knoxville, granted Tennessee is not a team it's highly thought of, but if A&M can win impressively and then with Notre Dame and Clemson playing head-to-head there, you know, if the cards fall just right, A&M could sneak in and you could have two SEC teams in the playoffs. Would probably mean A&M would play Alabama again, but, but nevertheless, that'd be a really cool thing to have two teams in. And, uh, you know, if A&M can get in there, we can get in there too. Don't talk to me about budgets. They're not that much better of a program than we are. Matter of fact, we've had their number more times than not here down the stretch. Okay, I mentioned to you Vanderbilt and Georgia is canceled. Ole Miss will be at LSU, and I think there are some Ole Miss people that would like to see that game canceled. I don't know if you've heard, but um, Elijah Moore has opted out and will now enter the NFL draft. And the uh, grad transfer tight end guy, uh, Yaboa, was also going to opt out too. So two of Ole Miss's primary re- re- receiving targets not available. I thought LSU was going to beat Ole Miss anyway. Now, now I'm convinced that LSU will win the game handily. As I've said before, LSU can run the football. They will run the football. They will run it by committee, but they will run the football. Ole Miss struggles against a run. LSU also has the athletes in the secondary to match up with that Ole Miss passing game, and now I'd even say they have an advantage. They probably have a huge advantage because Elijah Moore, who is their best player, is uh, unavailable. And, of course, uh, you know, Yaboa's a walking mismatch. Now, all of a sudden, you got to go out there with your second, third, fourth, fifth best receivers and try to go up against an LSU secondary that is outstanding and a team that's got a lot of momentum after going down there and beating Florida last weekend. I mean, Ed Orsron might be the best in this whole us-against-the-world mentality type thing. And not to mention, Ed has it out for Ole Miss. There's no love lost between the two and the games in Tiger Stadium. I think LSU is going to win this game handily. I really do, and that'll have uh, Ole Miss at four and five uh, in the regular season, and then we'll see what the bowl matchup looks like. But I think there's a really good chance they lose these final two ball games and have their fifth consecutive losing season, and that's something I don't think anybody should ever forget. All right, Alabama, of course, and uh, Florida in the nightcap. You know, Dan, uh, listen, Dan, here's the deal. Nick Saban has made you look bad many times. I don't think this one's going to change the trend. I think Alabama is on a collision course with a national championship appearance. I think Florida has a lot of issues on defense. I don't think they match up at all with Alabama when Alabama's on offense. I think Alabama's going to be able to run the football. I think Florida defensively is just not ready to take on a team like Alabama. And uh, here it is, Dan Mullen finally gets to Atlanta and will probably face Nick Saban's best team of all time at least one of his best teams of all time. And uh, Nick has been the guy that's kind of been, uh, you know, the fly in the Mullen ointment. And so, and, and that's been the case for a lot of people. That's not necessarily specific to Dan Mullen. But Dan Mullen always coaches tight against Nick Saban. I don't know why. He's always done it. 
Uh, just like we go back to 2017, State should have won the ball game. I think some conservative play calling down the stretch cost us the game. If we play to win that game, I think we win the game. And I don't, I don't fault Ty Grantham. A lot of people are saying, Steve, how could we go zero coverage in that situation? You know, Jalen Hurts beats us and makes a great throw. But I admired the fact that Ty Grantham was playing to win. We're playing to get Jalen Hurts on the ground. We're not going to give him a chance to sit there and survey the field. And he's an NFL starter now, too. And so I think Ty Grantham, you know, he, he kind of took the, uh, you know, the ringer in that deal. But it was Dan Mullen getting so conservative, play calling down the stretch, it really cost us a ball game. Uh, I think Alabama wins the game, and I don't think it's going to be competitive after the half. I think it'll be a good game for a half. I think Alabama will get to Kyle Trask, and I think uh, Mac Jones is going to play his way into a, a Heisman invitation. Probably have Devontae Smith and Mac Jones uh, at the Heisman presentation. Uh, finally, Missouri is played at Mississippi State. I, I've been worried about this game for a few weeks, like all of you, so I want to break this one down a little bit more if we can. Your Mississippi State game preview brought to you by the friends at uh, Campus Bookmark. Longtime sponsors of the show, Stan Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely talented Susie, everybody there will treat you like family because you are family to them, simple as that. They'll do a great job for you. You've still got a little time to ensure that you, if you order online, you can still get it. you got a week, but you can't delay. You probably need to make those purchases this weekend and give them an opportunity to get those things shipped because they're kind of at the mercy of the U.S. Postal Service, kind of like everybody else. Go ahead and visit campusbookmart.net today, and you'll find several items of uh, Mississippi State merchandising that you're going to find you're very interested in. They've got something for every Bulldog on your list. They've got clothing. They've got novelty items. They've got decorative items. Anything you need, chances are Miss Kathy Brown has found it. If, there is a, if there's anything out there in Maroon and White with an M over S on it, she's got it. So give them a look. Go to campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. All right, your Mississippi State preview. Let's break down Missouri a little bit here. Missouri 5-4 and four on the year, as you guys are aware. Much better than everybody anticipated. you got to give Eli Drinkwitz and his staff a lot of credit. They have really done a great job. I think you could make a case, if Nick Saban wasn't having a historic season, that Eli Drinkwitz might be the SEC coach of the year. I mean, it's a tremendous job they've done up there. They were awful. Now, they, they were competitive in week one against Alabama. They lose 38-19 at home. Uh, then they lose against Tennessee 35-12. A lot of people said, well, you know, offensively, they're not what we expect them to be. Then they surprise everybody, and they host LSU, and they win 45-41. That was that first that, – that crazy weekend, if you recall. That was you know, A&M beat Florida, Mizzou beats LSU, and we're thinking, man, what a weird year it's going to be. Then they go back and play uh, Kentucky and beat them 20-10. They lose in the swamp, 41-17. They simply got out-athleted there. They go to South Carolina and win there, 17-10. And then they beat Vanderbilt, 41-0. They lose an absolute barn burner against Arkansas. They win against Arkansas, excuse me, 50-48. Remember that last-second field goal to win it? Really thought Arkansas had the game won. And they come back, and Mizzou makes the big drive and kicks a field goal to win it. It's a difference in a winning and losing season right now. Then they get shelled against Georgia at home. They're going to be on the road this weekend at Mississippi State. And when you look at their schedule here, you know, they have not been a great road team. But uh, they, have, they did find a way, uh, obviously, to, um, to beat South Carolina. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, you know, what the joy in that is. But, uh, you know, offensively they had some struggles, but they have figured some things out as of late. Uh, two of the last three ball games, they've scored 41 points or more. Of course, Georgia shut them down. But, uh, you know, Georgia shuts a lot of people down. Georgia kind of gets you to doing things that you don't ordinarily do to try to compete and stay on the field with them. And uh, those are the things that I think about with teams like Missouri. you got to gamble a little bit. And the LSU defense was ruling a little bit. They took full advantage of that. You know, scoring, Mizzou is uh, averaging, uh, what is this, 26.1 points per game. You know, I, I, I think I'm going to take the over in this ball game. This running game they have is, uh, is really, really stout. And I don't know that enough people fully appreciate how talented this Missouri backfield is. Let's break down some numbers here for you. Uh, Larry Roundtree, not going to win a lot of track meets, but, man, he is such a workhorse. He's a real blue-collar guy, carries the ball a lot. 
851 yards on the season, 12 touchdowns, along with 46, averaging 94.6 yards per game. Some of that is because of Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty, I, I love Tyler Beatty. I like how they use him. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's got 239 rushing yards and four touchdowns. He is one of my favorite players in the SEC that uh, doesn't play for Mississippi State. I think he's a little bit underappreciated. Uh, he's also had 25 catches, 314 yards for a couple touchdowns. So you see he is a guy that uh, they like to leak out into the backfield and into the pass pattern and kind of pair up with linebackers. And more times than not, he wins those matchups. And so he is a real problem. Uh, Connor Bazelak is a quarterback there. He's 68.5% uh, of passes for 2,141 yards. They want to run it and then throw off of that. They do a lot of crazy stuff on play action. They'll bring jet sweeps. They do a lot of those spread offensive fundamentals that you see every week and you're so familiar with, with um, you know, with Dan Mullen. Uh, you know, Connor's the guy that will run it a little bit, but he's certainly not a guy you dial up quarterback runs for, just 33 yards on the season with a long of 14. But he is a guy that's athletic enough. If things break down, he can go make a play for you. Now, receiving-wise, Jalen Knox is uh, one of their better guys. they got a couple of guys. It's really kind of a by-committee approach there. Jalen Knox, 31 catches to lead the team, 305 yards. Not a single touchdown, though. Really, it's a possession guy. Kiki Chisholm, similar situation. 29 catches, 394 yards, zero touchdowns. Damon Hazleton, 27 grabs for 364 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Tusky Dove, 26 for 258, two touchdowns. And then, of course, Tyler Beatty, we mentioned him before. And so they spread it around, but once they get it down in the red zone, they give it to their running backs. That's their bread and butter. They want to run the football. That running game scares me a little bit, to be honest with you. After what Auburn did last week, and listen, Roundtree is a similar kind of back to Tank Bixby. He's not quite as big as him, but he runs with the same style. He is kind of a one-cut runner. He's a guy that kind of beats you up over the course of a ball game. Stopping the run is going to be everything in this ball game. That, that's going to be huge. We've got to stop the run and kind of force them to be one-dimensional. I, I don't know if they can throw it well enough to beat us without the complement of the running game and the threat of the play action. We've got to do a great job with every bit of that. Now, let's look defensively here. Some names that you guys should be familiar with as you uh, prepare uh, to watch the Bulldogs play uh, this weekend. This defensive unit has been up and down. Our offensive unit's been up and down. But uh, they've had some guys that have been pretty consistent. Nick Bolton's a guy that leads the team with 88 tackles, seven tackles for loss, four pass breakups, uh, one quarterback a hurry and a fumble recovery. Devin Nicholson's a guy that also a very productive guy for them. 69 yards, excuse me, 69 tackles, a sack and a half, and a pick. They are not a secondary that gets their hands on the football an awful lot. You know, it's incredible to think about this. They have thrown three interceptions as an offense, and they have had just two interceptions as a defense. Now, that's that's good for us, you know, and what's interesting too is they do like to play a lot of man coverage. That will be the most interesting part of all of this. Will they play man coverage against Mississippi State? That's what we want them to do. Or will they go out and play zone, which may be something they're uncomfortable doing. They do have some guys that uh, have broken some passes up. Enos Regstraw is one that's got uh, six passes defended. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe with four. But for some reason, they have not been able to get their hands on the football very often. Those are the things that... Um, you know, that we'll look at, you know, again, this is a team that uh, wants to put that big front that's coached by Brick Haley up against you. They have a massive defensive line and uh, they want to get after you a little bit and kind of make you do some things. And the one to really watch for is a uh, Trajan Jeffcoat. This is a guy, 23 tackles, six sacks, seven quarterback hurries. He is without a doubt their best pass rusher. So I'm interested to see how the game goes. And I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about the game. You know, I, I'm usually the overly optimistic one, but I'm worried about the game because, number one, it's the last game, right? And uh, I think there'll be a lot of emotion for us on the field. And for me, those guys will be the last time they ever play at Davis Wade Stadium. But that running game really concerns me. If they come out and run the football the way that they have historically uh, this season, we're going to be in trouble. And a matter of fact, in our pickups column, I actually picked Missouri to win the game. Because I think we have kind of worn down at times later in ball games, so we've had a lack of depth. It's not anybody's fault, 
But with us having so many opt-outs this year, uh, it's been a real challenge for us. And if this turns into a close ball game and a war of attrition late, I mean, I, I could see it be like the fourth quarter against Ole Miss, where, you know, they had they tried to hit some big plays early. We kind of take that away, and we take one safety out of the box. And next thing you know, they're running the football kind of at will. And Jerry and Ely got us and kind of put the game away late in the fourth quarter because I think we were gassed a little bit. In order for us to win the ball game, we've got to come out and we've got to win the first quarter. That's how I, I feel. I, I think we've got to go out and win the first quarter and maybe – uh, be up a couple scores at the half just because of the fact that we got to get them out of what they want to do. We need to get them in a situation where they, they need to throw the football a lot more than they have. And they do a lot of that short control passing stuff similar to what we do. Uh, there's not They don't take a lot of shots. They'll take some, but it's more of the intermediate passing game. So we've got to be prepared for that. Uh, but I'm, I'm, more, I'm worried about the game. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about the game. I'll just say it out there. I, I hate to stumble through that. But uh, I, I said before, I don't know that we're a great matchup for them because their secondary is a little shaky and they're not a great pass rushing team. But our offensive line at times has allowed, you know, passing uh, great teams that maybe have been underperforming, as we saw with A&M, to pick their pass rushing numbers up. So that concerns me. I, I, I don't know if we can win a close one. I really don't. I think we need to go out there and get a lead and then let our defense kind of make some plays for us. I know Zach Arnett will have his guys ready to go, uh, and I'm just a little bit concerned about our ability to stop their running game. So that's how I see it. I hate to beat the Debbie Downer today, but I am very concerned about the ball game, and I would love nothing more than for us to get a win. Uh, we are expected to go to a ball game. I know people always they say, what, are you crazy? No, we're going to go. And look at all these teams that are opting out of a ball game. And that is a concern that I have too, is um, what if – we make a ball game, and then we have a handful of guys opt out of the ball game, and then uh, you know we can't go fulfill our obligation. I, I don't, I can't say that I foresee that happening, but it is one of those things that I've, I'm somewhat concerned about. You know, the, a lot of these guys hadn't been home since March. If we're going to play in a ball game, it means we're going to practice next week during Christmas. And I think there's that, that's a decision some guys will have to make. And the good thing is, it's a short time between now and the ball game because we're probably going to be playing football again in two weeks, and so if we can get a couple weeks of practice in. We'll see. That's something Mike Leach and his staff will have to figure out for sure. But that's kind of how I see it. Running down the, the win, the wins this week. If I'm if I'm running down numbers here, let's say A and M wins, LSU wins, Alabama wins, and Missouri wins. That's how I see it today. And I may I may feel differently tomorrow, and I hope that Will Rogers and the group can go out there and play well. And there were some times last week that we did play well, and other times that we, you know, we had some situations where some inexperience kind of reared its ugly head. And there are some people out there that are scheming us up and they're, uh, they're, you know, they're kind of manning up out there on, in the flats, kind of taking that swing pass away from us. We've got to find a way to innovate and kind of counter against that. I like what we did with Jaquarius Bobby last weekend, kind of getting him out there as a check down because of the fact that uh, he's going to run through a lot of those DBs. All right, listen, many of you guys have thought about moving to Starkville or moving within Starkville or, uh, you know, working around and maybe having an investment property here and that sort of stuff. Uh, one of the best places to go is uh, Portico. Portico is managed by one of the developers of this project. It's a guy that you'll know, Brooks Bryan, former Diamond Dog Brooks Bryan. He is uh, he's a great player. Had a big catch, you might have heard. Robbed a home run against the University of Washington to give us an opportunity to go to Omaha. Brooks went twice. So the Portico residential development is going to be right off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and the Cryford Jeep dealership. Just over a mile from campus, easy access to Highway 82 and 25. There'll be 51 houses total in the development with 18 houses in the first phase. That's nearing completion right now. 33 houses in the second phase. That'll get started uh, just after the turn of the year. There are houses to accommodate you and your growing family. Houses will range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet and from two-bedroom, two-bath up to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. If you need more information, let me encourage you, give Brooks a call. Now, Brooks is not a guy that likes to give his number out, and he's only giving it to friends. So I'm sharing this with you guys because Brooks is my friend, and we're all friends together. Call Brooks at 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Brooks wants to be your friend and wants to help you 
find your, your new home in Starkville. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the show, and I want to give you guys a couple things, too, before we get out of here. The final book signings of the year are upon us. Uh, I will be at Maroon & Company this evening from uh, 4 to 6. Let me double-check these things just so I can let you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, 4 to 6 tonight at Maroon & Company. And uh, listen, Amber and the crew there will do a great job. Do a great job, uh, you know, to help you as well. But, um, yeah, that's 4 to 6 tonight at Maroon & Company. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow, I'm going to be busy all weekend. Uh, for those of you that uh, are going to be in Starville and you're still looking for Christmas gifts. Tomorrow, I'll be at Campus Bookmart with Stan Man. That's from 10 to 1. That's Saturday right off campus, Campus Bookmart. And Sunday, I'll be downtown at Bookmart and Cafe from 12 to 4, one of their uh, br- uh, brunch and browse events, the final one before Christmas. And then Wednesday, for you last-minute shoppers, I'll be at the Lodge from 12 to 4. So it's four chances to see me and uh, and get signed books personalized. And uh, if you can't make it to town, visit alphadogsthebook.com. You can get signed copies of personalized copies of uh, Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs. So again, today, Maroon and Company today, 4 to 6. Campus Bookmart tomorrow, 10 to 1. Bookmart and Cafe on Sunday, 12 to 4. And then Wednesday, 12 to 4 uh, at the Lodge. And uh, again, that'll be our, our final Boneyard show of the week next week. So looking forward to being with you guys too. And listen, as I always say with you guys, you know, it is easy to get caught up in uh, arguments and disagreements about Mississippi State. And uh, I I, I get caught up in that sometimes too, because I I love Mississippi State. I know that you guys do too, or you wouldn't be listening to the show. Sometimes I just need a break from all that though. Not from Mississippi State, but I need a break from the dialogue at times. And uh, there's so many people that, you know, are so forceful with their opinions. You know, I think as long as we can unite about our love for Mississippi State, we can find some common ground. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with men's and women's basketball here in the weeks to come. I think we all feel pretty good about the direction of women's basketball, and I think we've got some young talent on the men's side. And we might actually a little bit be a little bit better than we anticipated. And I think that some of these younger guys are kind of coming together, and we'll see what uh, conference play brings us. But uh, – you know, I'm, I'm excited about Mississippi State sports, and I know it's easy to get down because of football, especially when we lose the egg. I mean, that's just the reality of life. Any year that we lose the egg is not a good year, and as great as 2014 was, the year was incomplete because we went up there and lost to Ole Miss, and that was a, a handicapped team with Ole Miss where they lose Ben Sanders early in the ball game, and then Bo Wallace was basically on one leg, and we sat back there and let him pitch and catch all day. That's one of those losses you lament for a long time. And then all of a sudden they take some money from us on signing day, which always kind of seems to be part of their plan. But we've got great leadership in Mississippi State. Mike Leach and those guys are kind of getting a trial by fire. They've never really recruited in the state of Mississippi before, and that whole February thing is uh, of, of last year. It's just a different dynamic. I mean, it was a short time. We weren't really going head-to-head with guys. They'll learn and get better. Competitive people innovate and find a way to get better. And some people, I know there are some smarmy state fans saying, well, Steve, we haven't been innovative this year. Well, you know, we have. We've changed a lot of things around. Maybe as a casual fan, you don't see it. But, you know, it's it's all a learning process. And I've had so many people over the years, coaches that have come and gone at Mississippi State. And when they get here, they always tell me. I say, hey, coach, it's a little different scenario than you're used to, you know, recruiting in the state of Mississippi. It's just different. You know, I've covered recruiting in multiple states. And, and I think it's important to kind of understand, you know, this is a different dynamic here. And every one of them says, oh, you know, I know all about recruiting rivalries when they get here. And then when they leave or after they're gone, they all tell me, you know, it's like nothing I've never seen before. I've never seen anything like this before. There is an intensity with it. We're, we're, we're competing against Ole Miss every single day, every single day. And it's, so there's some people say, well, you know, it's just another game. No, it's not. It's not just another game. And it's not just another game to them. If it was just another game to them, they wouldn't have printed shirts, and they wouldn't have printed hats, and they wouldn't have gone out and specifically targeted our commitments. It's not just a game. And there are other people who get irritated about Lane Kiffin's behavior on Twitter. And listen, outside of him taking a shot at Martin Emerson, I got a problem with Lane Kiffin tweets. I don't care. I don't follow him. I don't keep up with him. Sometimes it crosses my timeline because some of you guys respond. But, you know, when Dan Mullen was calling them to school up north and you know, tweeting out about when our basketball team won and our continued dominance over the school up north – you know, we ate that stuff up because when you're struggling and you're trying to get back to the top of the heap, that's the best way to galvanize your fan base is to go at the rival. 
And so now the shoe's on the other foot. We don't like it. Well, if we don't like it, let's do something about it. Let's go win the ball game. Because we're competing every single day, whether it be in marketing or branding or recruiting or football or basketball. It is always, always, always a battle. And I get so tickled with all these people that say, oh, you know, well, uh, they're obsessed with us. Then they say, well, state fans are obsessed with them. Listen, that's part of the rivalry. Everybody's obsessed. And here's the deal, and I want to make sure I go on record with this. I hope Ole Miss loses every game in every sport. I do. I, I don't care who they play. They're never a rooting interest of mine. And I've always said if we have to depend on them to win anything in order for us to have it, then we chances are we don't deserve it. But I don't wish any harm on those kids. And there are some people out there that, you know, on social media, which it brings out the worst in many people. But, you know, there are many of those young people that are just like the kids that you cheer for every day. And you know, there's a difference between a state kid and an old Miss kid. There is. But some of those guys just simply like the other side better. And they go. And I don't ever wish harm on them. And I hate to see, and there's, there's sometimes it happens on both sides of the rivalry. A kid will get hurt or something, and somebody will take some pot shot. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that's a little bit beyond the pale there. I think we've got to do a better job with all, every bit of that. But you can't ever forget that we're their rival. We can't ever forget that, that they're ours. It is a rivalry that, uh, is, that has gone on long before any of us were ever alive, and it's never been a friendly rivalry, and we don't want it to be a friendly rivalry, and neither do they. The only time that they've wanted it to be a friendly rivalry is when we're winning. And we, like when we won three in a row, all of a sudden, well, I wish you guys would take down those billboards. My fans have had their feelings hurt, said Ross Bjork. And if for some reason, Scott Strickland agreed to take them down. I don't get it. I don't. But I believe in Mississippi State. I believe in our leadership. And I believe in Mike Leach. And I believe we're going to get this thing figured out. And my hope is that we can win on Saturday and then go win a ball game and kind of have a launching pad into the, uh, into the offseason. But I'm excited to be a part of your family, and I hope that you're excited to be a part of mine. But your real family is going to need you next Friday, and I hope that you guys have a great holiday season. Look forward to being back with you on Monday, and hopefully, hopefully, talking about a Mississippi State win. We hadn't had one of those in a while. It sure would be nice to celebrate one. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.